Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Les Claypool is a musical mad scientist and one of the weirdest musicians to have commercial success in rock and roll. He's best known for his amazing bass playing and quirky sense of humor in leading the band Primus and for doing the theme for South Park. But he's also put together a handful of other really cool projects to make other types of music, including Oysterhead, the funk jazz supergroup with members of Fish and the Police, the Duo de Twang country music project. And most recently, the awesome partnership with Sean Lennon called the Claypool Lennon Delirium. He produces most of his music from his home studio, Rancho Relaxo, and is also an author and a film director. Oh, and he once auditioned for Metallica. Is there anything he can't do? Let's find out in the season three debut of Prisoners of Rock and Roll. What's up, everyone? Welcome to season three of the Prisoners of Rock and Roll and episode number 55. I'm your host, Bruce Kramer, and I'm happy to be doing our first show of 2023 with my good friend and co-host, Ryan McCusker. Are you rocking? His name is Mud. My name is Mud. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by Boldfoot Socks, as well as McCusker's Tavern in Philadelphia. And we are so happy to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. What's going on, brother? Happy New Year. Merry New Year. What's Indeed. happening? We're back a little sooner than we thought we were going to be, but you know, we got we got fans to do, fans to uh, fans to do, and music to talk about. <laughs> no, wow. we we thought about taking an extra week off for the holidays, but I said, hey, we can't let our fans down. We uh, ended twenty twenty two on a good note. We're like, let's just keep the shit rolling and uh, dive on in. So yet again, dude, another another show topic that's been on the list for a while, and. Uh, I'm really excited to be talking about this stuff, man. I, I, I'm i a big fan of Les Claypool. I know you are, too. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing him since I was a little kid. He's totally different than anything that music has to offer. Who's more wackier than him? Maybe Weird Al Yankovic. But, you know, he has yeah. such a he has humor in his music, which 
usually I'm not really a big fan of, but the way he does it is pretty rad. I guess when we're doing research for the show, I wind up reading a lot of articles and doing it with this one. I really just like I just listen to a lot of the music. Yeah, that's you know, the I, best thing to do with them. It's like, how can you explain their music? You have to like listen to it. Yeah. And I, uh, I I listen to a bunch of podcasts like interviews. Seems like he's he's just does a ton of interviews. So I just listen to him like just talking about music a lot. He's just a dude. I could listen to him talk about shit yeah. like he's just a, yeah like you yeah, said he's, in the, he's a uh mad scientist yeah he you know he never i was talking to a, a friend of mine a family member today and told him we we're doing this and he's like yeah man that dude that's gonna be awesome he that guy just never stops working and yeah. it's true he's just he's always got like all these projects going on and they're all different he's in different styles of music just really really cool he's definitely a renaissance dude of different musics you know like weird free jazz kind of shit to like you know primus funk to like rock and roll straight like oysterhead was psychedelic stuff jam bands more heavy metal funk stuff i mean he could do it all yeah he really does it all and he really i read an interview with him he said that you know he's the guy that doesn't fit in anywhere but he fits in a little bit of everywhere which is kind of like makes sense like yeah like i said in the monologue like primus is just such a weird band yeah, um, but they still had commercial success. Totally. Everybody knows Big Brown Beaver. Yeah, you know, probably that was a really big hit in the 90s. You know, uh, or everybody knows uh, Jerry was a race car driver, but they have like a lot of songs that that are just so kick ass. It's like every album is is its own thing. Definitely. I've looked a little bit into just um like his musicianship too. And I thought it was really interesting. Like uh, I was just, I don't know. I was watching some YouTube video, like what makes him such a unique bass player. And I mean, of course the music is interesting because it's written with the bass being front and center. Yeah. Right. It's like the main instrument. while well, most sure. of you know, rock and roll is guitars, but he also like, uh, I was reading that he just plays pretty much any different way you could play a bass. He'll do like, he'll do the tapping. He'll do, like flamenco he'll do slapping he puts whammy bars on it he plays bass guitars with extra strings yeah he just kind of uses the instrument for all kinds of other kind of shit really cool he's awesome man like anything with like like a bass he'll play it and he and he makes it interesting he's just not like some dude keeping rhythm in the background like you said he's the front man you know he makes the bass like a like the main part of the band Maybe before we start getting into his career, I was reading a couple things too. Just he was talking about his creativity in some interview. They were like, Man, you're such a an amazing bass player. And he was like, dude, I'm just trying to get the things out of my head. <laughs> and the and the bass is just the crayon that I pulled out of the box. And I was sure. like, That's really it's, that's cool. And he's like, um, yeah, you know, he's like, dude, I'm I'm not a singer. He's like, I'm more like Mel Blank trying to play a character. Nice. And he's like, uh, I'm a narrator for all these characters. And he said he didn't really give a shit about his singing until he started playing with like Oysterhead. And he's like, these guys are, are fucking musicians. I need to really kind of work on my game here. I don't know. I always enjoyed his vocals all through his career. I it, it was it's just something different. Something, you know, something from Mars. I don't know. Between that and the sense of humor and the music all put together. And it's also really cool, man, that he's willing to try all this other different kind of shit. Like uh, all these side projects I was listening to, it's like the if he wasn't successful with Primus, 
he wouldn't have the creativity or the latitude to do a lot of this kind of shit. No, but that's how talented he is. Sure. You know, to 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 be so abstract. Yeah. You know, it, it may be a little wacky or a little bit like that, but you know, it's art. He's also like he's abstract, but he's not abstract to the point that like it's fucking annoying. No. You know, it's not like Yoko Ono solo stuff or some of that other kind of crap like, that's like free jazz. Yeah, some of that really out there like art for art's sake kind of stuff. Yeah. It's still it's still good shit that I would listen to. Yeah, I mean, he, he not only does he experimental, but not a pop song, but, you know, a song that can be played on radio through the years. You would hear Primus on the radio. Not not so much now, but, you know, through the 90s, they were always on the radio. And they're definitely a band that when I heard growing up, nothing had ever sounded like that. And I was like, no. what the hell? What is this? You know, like uh, I was thinking about it. It's really odd that even that they had commercial success and the way the music industry works now they probably never would break it now if they were coming up i think they used videos to help them out to sell because they were so unique all their videos just like the beastie boys had videos they were unique primus had the same kind of thing like little art projects we talk, we've talked about that a lot, man, about how MTV, like this band got big because of MTV and that band broke because of MTV. I, I guess with that going away, too, it just has really made it. It's probably so much harder. And also with like, I don't know, man, there's less record labels and there's fewer companies owning all the radio stations. It's, it's just the industry just sounds like it sounds like a shitty place to try to come up now. And all that. Yeah, you know, we talked about in that rock episode, all this crap that just sounds the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, nothing. Nothing sounded like Primus in the '90s when I think music was a little bit more weird and diverse. And they sure as shit, nothing sounds like them now. No, I mean they—they they are. I don't know. One of the last Mohicans of experimental. You know, they, I haven't seen anything lately from the Primus camp, but I. But I always know, like Les Claypool is always working on something. Maybe, man, I, I thought maybe the way we could tackle this, we could talk about like the, uh, you know, his beginning, because there's some pretty interesting people he knew as a kid. And then we can get into Primus and then we could tackle all these side projects. I was like, I think I thought I knew a lot about him and his side yeah. projects. And I was finding stuff that I had never heard before, like all these. Oh, he has shit that we have no idea. Right. That we, and I'm no, sure, absolutely. And I found crap that I had to go looking on YouTube for. Because they never put out an album, you know, he'll go on tour with something like he's in a like a jazz. He's doing like a jazz thing now called uh, shit. I wrote it down. Les Claypool's Bastard Jazz. Love it. And it's, just, you know, I, yeah, I've got I had got something on YouTube, but it's like they've never released an album, but he would go. You know, he gigs. goes on tour. Yeah, pulls a pulls a band together and goes out on the road and try something That's different. Great. Really cool, man. And uh, the level of musicians with whom he works is just a, 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 several of the interviews I read. He was just talking about like some of these shows. I don't even have to do anything. He's like, he's like, I could just lay on the stage because these motherfuckers can play. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's around all these like really talented. He's talented. He's incredibly talented. Sure. Sound, I mean, I think why everybody like less everybody. Cause he's so humble, you know, like house. He's like one of the greatest bass players ever. Does he take himself seriously? Not at all. 
no, definitely not. And he's always had that kind of self-deprecating sense of humor and all the other yeah. kind of shit. You mentioned the videos too, man. I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I spent a lot of time. Today was the first day I've been at work in uh, two and like almost two weeks, and I was sitting down and finally spending some time at a computer. And I just was watching a shit ton of their videos on YouTube, like the. They did the cover of uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia and the video was all claymation. It was, it was really oh, cool. I'd never seen that. That's I'll send cool. it to you, man. It was really cool. Let me start with some of the really early shit before we get into this. So I think the interesting thing, man, was that he went to high school with Kirk Hammett. Oh, well, which is so that's how that's that all makes the sense. How he made, yeah. how he uh, got yeah. that connection with Metallica. So he'd always been friends with him. And when he, Les was in high school, he was in a band called Blind Illusion that Kirk Hammond actually produced the album, but Kirk Hammond isn't listed anywhere on there because they realized if they used his name, the Metallica's management would be like, yeah. you need to pay us yeah. to use the name. But um, it's really, it's it's Les Claypool and Larry La, Leonde from Primus, but said that the Kirk Hammond name isn't on there. This is like, the I'll play a little bit of it. This is a song called Blood Shower. Off this, first, cool. this is the first thing he ever did. All right. Very Metallica. Yeah, right. I would never Very know that Metallica. That's, would never know that that's Les Claypool on that. No, but, it doesn't sound anything like he's his career, what he was doing. But his ties to Metallica, when Cliff Burton died, Kirk Hammett told Les Claypool, hey, man, you should try out to be the next bassist for Metallica. Oh, yeah. They um, had rehearsals with them and everything. But, you know, it didn't go to him, obviously. It went to Jason Newstead. But that didn't stop Les from recording a Metallica song. Les did his own little version of uh, the thing that should not be by Metallica. And it kind of gives you an idea what maybe Les would have sound like with Metallica. Let's play it. Do you know that song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty well-known Metallica song. Yeah. I think it sounds awesome. It's cool. He, he has yeah. his like weird little voice on there. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, I was digging it, dude. But could you imagine Les Claypool being in Metallica? Yeah, and the joke was always what Metallica, um, what had James Hetfield said, oh, he didn't get the job. He was too good. Yes. And, uh, even yes. even Clay even Claypool admits he's like, dude, I'm I'm not the fit. I wasn't the fit for that band. No, but you know, it's pretty cool that he's in the story. Sure. I yeah. he's in the um shit. Uh the Garage Inc. album. He's on that. Yes. He's on the uh the Tuesday's Gone, I think the cover with uh 
all these other musicians covering Skinnerd. I think he's on yeah. that and he's on a couple other things. So yeah, so he he ducks in and out of the the relationship with Metallica every once in a while. So it was kind of yeah, it was cool that he that it's just so weird, man. That two guys from bands like that grew up together. You see stuff like that, um, like like Flea grew up around the Guns N' Roses guys. You know, like that whole circle, they all ran together. Yeah, it's really odd. But the, yeah, the band Primus, man, I started talking about them. Yeah, yeah they've they've had you know like a, a handful of other like lineups, but they've always been a three piece band. Yes. Um, you know, we've never really, you know, we talked about ZZ Top and Cream and all those other great three piece bands, but Primus too, man, is one just you know, drum guitar and a uh and a bass. So even when they started, they it was just two guys and a drum machine. Really? Um, yeah, they said they were initially a band called Primate, and another band named Primate threatened to sue them, so they <laughs> changed their name to Primus. I thought it was really cool, man. Like, so I was just reading it. Like, he Les Claypool was working as a carpenter, and he sold his car to raise enough money to cut a demo. And it's kind of yeah, they just they just kind of took off. Yeah, their their stuff has always been like I meant, like you said, just it's built around the bass. And the stuff is really bizarre. And the other dudes in the band are fucking great. He, as many times as the lineup has changed, the band's always solid. I mean, uh, I think their drummer is one of the best drummers around. He like, I, I'm not sure about his name, but he like started with them. Then he left the band. Maybe I think he had a sickness and then he came back to the band. And I actually saw the drummer with the Dead End Company this summer. He sat in with them. I think, uh, yeah, Jay, I think his name is Jay Lane. He's been in the band a couple of times. He's played with Rat Dog and Further and The Dead. Even um, the one dude, Tim Alexander, he's played with the Perfect Circle, the Maynard's side project. And and he's been in uh, the Blue Man group, that weird, very visual, you know, the bald guys with the painted all blue. That would be be the perfect job for me. Yeah. I got the the bald head already. So just yeah, dude. They, yeah, they've always had a kind of revolving door of different people, and I read that sometimes people have quit because they're just like, yeah, okay, man, this is just kind of run its course. And but. well, how can you keep up with his ideas? Like, you know, he'd be like, I'm sure it's guys in this band's like, oh, this is a really dumb idea. Like he did the Willy Wonka soundtrack. That sh- we'll get to that later, but that is as bizarre as it gets. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And he said something too that he's not. He's like, we're the. I run the laziest band ever. He's like, we never really. Re- <laughs> he's like, we never really rehearse. We just kind of like, we learn the songs and then we just kind of go drink wine and do kinds of other shit. So I could see that's you know, crazy because they're unbelievable live. Yeah, yeah. I you know I, shit. Why don't we just start? We'll start talking about some of the uh, you know some of the other albums that came out, dude. Their first like studio album is an album called Frizzle Fry, nineteen ninety, and that's really they start getting popular. But uh, yeah, one song on there. Let's play a little bit of it. It's too many puppies. So like, you know, that opening is so it's so different sounding and then yeah, that d- weird voice comes in like and he's almost got like a Spanish thing like affect to it. The, the, it's great. the thing that I love about this song is he's saying little puppies and he's at soldiers like little young soldiers in war, you know, like too many getting puppies shot. getting killed and killed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's fucking brilliant, man. Not only is he a, an amazing bass player, but he's also an amazing lyricist. His imagination is, runs wild. You oh, know, yeah, like, dude. All the crap. To, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, And you see that with, I mean, their stage shows, right? They're always in these weird oh, yeah. outfits and all kinds of other crap. And, oh, God, dude. You, know, you go to one of their concerts. It's like visiting the Manson Ranch. <laughs> Yeah, he was, there's you know, so many friggin' like wackadoos at their shows. One of the things I sent you today, like he was talking before he was playing, and he's wearing like a pig mask. And, you know, yeah. he's, dressed, he's trying to talk seriously to the crowd about his music. It just, yeah, or he's playing a solo and he's wearing like a monkey mask. And no, uh, but that's less. Sure, right? I mean, shit. You know, that's what you're gonna get when he comes in when you see him. You uh, know, you're gonna get something weird. Absolutely. Like the last time I saw them, I was like, they were just a little bit too weird for a little bit too long. Oh, uh, yeah. the tour of Mastodon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw them with that, too. It was just it a was- little weird too long. Like he played too many like uh, free jazz kind of shit. You know, there is another song on Frizzle Fry that was really huge for them, and that was John the Fisherman. That was like a great that's song. Still a, that's still a huge song. Let's play a little Rock bit of that, that too. shit. Yeah, man. Jump. I'm going to jump in a little bit and just here you go. Oh, 
he says he, like has, he makes up all these characters and that's who he's singing about. He has such a twang to his voice in a lot. Where do you know where he's from? Uh, yeah, I think he's from California. He definitely has like a twang in his his singing. Like, you know, like a redneck kind of thing. Yeah, he's definitely got a weird like an affect to his voice or just the way he the way he talks. It's very How like phrases that. shit. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's very like carnival barkery kind of like step right up. <laughs> step right up. Step yeah. right up. With like an amusement park kind of like bizarre amusement park music. Well, he freaked the fucking freak show. He's a soundtrack of the freak show. Yeah, I've got a um, I got a side project that he did that is uh, was kind of went unreleased for a while. I'll talk about it a little bit later. That was like it was okay. really like freak show kind of shit. I found it tonight nice. when I was looking around. So, but um, yeah. So Frizzle Fry comes out and that lands on their record deal with Interscope, and then that's when Sailing the Seas of Cheese came out. The- greatest fucking album i uh, dude it's awesome that was for, the, what, for, for that, when it's that's what, the time it came out uh, what a crazy album it's the middle of like what was it 1990 when that album came out yeah 91 which is okay. as, as we know the greatest year of music of history music. as we we did a whole two-hour show on 1991 and how great it was there's so many awesome i'm just listening to this album uh this week leading up to this and it still holds up for me Oh, still, dude, I've been I listening still, to shit. I, I, I grew up listening to this. We had this too. on cassette. Fucking play. Uh, Tommy the Cat. Yeah. Do you know who does the voice of Tommy the Cat? I do not. It's Tom Waits. Wow. So that's Tom, awesome. And he's uh, which I was like, and I read that. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that makes how a lot of sense. How the fuck it, did he get Tom Waits to do that shit? Or so it, early on, it was out. He's been on a bunch of and Les Claypool's been on a handful of Tom Waits songs. I have oh, wow. one. I have one that he plays bass on. But here, there's a little. Yeah, I'd never realized that the million times I've heard this song. I was like, shit, you're right. It's Tom. It's Tom Waits. Yeah, Tom Waits. I love it. I never knew that. I love Tom Waits. I do too, man. I'm yeah, somehow we've been doing this for two years and we haven't talked about Tom Waits at all. Um, I definitely have to do a show about him. He's yeah, he's a in, fucking great poet, man. He's really cool. Um, and I tend to like musicians that have really weird voices. Like I, oh yeah, yeah, you know, him and I like Leonard Cohen and shit Claypool. So really, dude, cool. if we if we play Tommy the Cat, you got to play Jerry the Race Car Driver. Absolutely, dude. Here you go. I love the beginning of this when you hear the beginning of the yeah, turn it up. Right, yep. Sticker on a 
dude. I remember hearing that for the first time, and it was so bizarre. That point where he goes like, go, and it just gets like really right. It just gets so kick ass. Right. That might have been the first song I ever heard by them. And I was like, man, what? Like, what is this? Yeah. I remember being in the uh, Bill and Ted movie, the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. And they were on. They were in there. It's just that's such a great album. Um, The next one, too, that came out after that pork soda. I used to listen to that. Great album, dude. I listened to that religiously. What do we have on there from that? You got my name is Mud, which we we know, played we talk, a little bit of that. We played a little bit of it. Hang on, let me pull up pork soda. I dude, I remember like I was so into that man. I remember being in like my high school English class and having to write uh shit. It was yeah, you know, something like write about a poem or something, and I would like print primus lyrics and be like, I'm gonna write wow. about this kind of stuff. It was just just really cool, dude. Uh Mr. Kringle was pretty good. Here you go. Soda was the street credit album. Everybody loves that album. It, it doesn't even have like a big hit on it or anything like that. Besides, it, my name is Mud. It was like darker too. It yeah. dealt with a, some of a lot of like uh, the air is getting slippery. The guy like I think he kills himself at the end. You know, it's, dude. I just I as that was playing, I was just pulling up to see what he's playing in that because he's playing um yeah you know, he's playing something with a bow. It's something yeah you know, that, that what is it? It's a double bass. He's playing okay. an upright double bass, but I and I, the Song Facts website came up, and I I'm looking at it. Song Facts is also on Pantheon. Their podcast said that Mr. Crinkle is actually the song is about uh, uh, the drummer for Faith No More. His his pseudonym was Mr. Crinkle, and what he would use when he would go into um, like a hotel so people wouldn't find him. No, okay, okay. He's a great drummer. The drummer for Faith No, he like plays with Ozzy. Yeah, he's a fantastic Mike. Mike something I can't Mike remember. Borden. Mike Borden. Yeah, he's a fantastic drummer. Faith No More is a great fucking band. Yes, a dude. Yeah, we could do a whole. We could get into a whole thing about that man. I listened to them. I probably I, there's at least two other albums that I listened to the cassette so much I broke it. Like yeah. uh, the real thing and Angel Dust. I was thinking about them a little bit too. When we were doing all this shit that like Mike Patton does a lot of weird side projects kind of stuff too yeah they, um, you know what you're right they're like two of like beginning of like what uh alternative mainstream like, yeah like know. avant he, and mike Patton's a little bit more like out there like avant-garde yeah really, really weird kind of crap yeah but even like the crap that he did with like mr bungle and all that other kind of shit was you know i could see that i can see some loose comparisons here with some of the stuff that Les Claypool and Primus does. It's crazy. But, they didn't work together. Yeah. I thought that too. I thought it was interesting too. Pork soda is also where they, uh, they stopped recording all their albums in a studio and they started using, they recorded it in their rehearsal space. And then everything that they've done ever since they recorded in his home. It's great. Which, 
and he calls his home Rancho Relaxo. Hey, I know that name. Yes. After the Simpsons. It's also what I used to call my house when I lived in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah, yeah. He's always he used to always joke and call it Rancho Relaxo because that was that was where Primus recorded all their stuff. I thought it was cool. Yeah, when uh, mail started coming to my house, somehow addressed to Rancho Relaxo. I was like, I knew I I knew I <laughs> went had, too I far. I, I knew it had gone too far, but damn it, yes. good jokes can never go too far, Bruce. Right. So, yeah, somehow I was getting like credit card applications like Carol of Rancho Relaxo, but it's still <laughs> it's still pretty funny. The next album comes out, Tales from the Punch Bowl. You know, that album album goes gold. You know what I remember that album about that album was that the CD you could put in your computer and it had like a, like a little game on it and oh, wow. like some animations and shit. And I remember that was so different because it came out in 95. So there's like the, the, the internet of all like, that shit. Right. So the internet was like barely started. Yeah. And it was like an internet. It was called like a CD plus or some some shit like that. Um, CD ROM was it? Yeah, it was kind of like a CD ROM. I don't really remember much about the album. I remember thinking I didn't really like it. We don't even have anything on the playlist from it. Oh, fuck. Winona's Big Brown Beaver is on it. Shit. Okay. Southbound Pachyderm. All right. So I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You don't know what you're talking about, boy. Yeah, I have no clue what the hell I'm talking about. For some reason, I thought too Winona's much eggnog, Big- Bruce. I know, right? I thought Winona's Big Brown Beaver was on the Brown album. So it shows how much I know. I'll- Which is a great fucking album. Yeah. The Brown album. Yeah. Uh, let's play a little bit of Winona's Big Brown Beaver. That I was love like Beaver. The- that was the huge. I mean, that was a, a huge hit. That yeah. video, dude, is so funny, too, man. Yeah, like, like they all look the, plastic. The plastic cowboys. So yeah. here you go. So much wow. going on on that, man. It's so listening fast. to it in the earphones is like we say yes. every week. There's so much shit going on. He's another dude that uses the the studio as an instrument, man. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, and I remember all the controversy of that song. Like Winona Ryder thought it was about her, and she oh, was all her big brown off. beaver. Yeah, and she was like going to sue them or something. There was all this kind of other oh, shit. God, he he was like dude Winona's not even spelled he's like you know Winona Judge should be suing me not her not <laughs> he's like it's not even spelled the right way the Judds and uh yeah the Brown album comes out in 97 great um, album dude the opening baseline for Shake Hands with Beef I just yeah. dude I I love it you know, let me play a little bit of that too awesome I- Just Pretty the baseline. Cool. 
I love the bass line of that song. I just love how twangy it is and heavy. It sounds a little bit like that. The solo from the Holy Mackerel, the song he does with Henry Rollins. It yeah. sounds real. It sounds real. The music sounds real similar to that. But let's, he, we'll get he, to that. Yeah. I mean, his every song that he does sounds different. It's which it's, is weird because you just, you know, a bass, you would think it's there's not a traditionally it's got four strings, right? There's not as it's not as complicated as a guitar, but he no, made all these so many sounds come out of it. But he he uses so many different pedals and boards and different kind yeah. of basses, five five string basses, six string basses, you know, vintage shit, stand up basses. You know, he's he, he plays it all. Yeah, I've got one song later that he plays just a once a one string bass called the Whamola. Whamola. Um yeah, there's all kinds of crazy, crazy shit, man. I like um, that name. Whamola. Whamola. Yeah. Nice. So well, yeah, we'll get to it. I'm gonna kind of stay in the lane here. And then they had a couple other out like that. The album Antipop came out in ninety nine, which I don't remember at all. Other than I just saw that like the other musicians that were on it, like Tom Morello, James Hatfield, Jim Martin from Faith No More, and Stuart Copeland, which I was like, oh, wow. okay, I just don't remember any. I just, I, I don't know, man. Maybe I just kind of lost track of them by then. What was it called? Antipop. Uh, yeah, let's just play something, man. What's uh, Electric Uncle Sam? That's got the song with the most listens on Prime on Spotify. I like really do it. anything. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, the song Lacquerhead was on that album. I remember that one. Okay. Yep. Yeah, dude. And that's kind of like that's them through the 90s. But then I guess they're, yeah, they went on tour that one year. Well, shit, it was on tour last year. They played A Farewell to Kings by Rush in its entirety. Yeah. They were doing that. Yeah. And he's a big, he's a big Rush. He's a huge guy. Rush fan. He was a good friend. He was good friend. Well, he still is good friends with um, Getty Lee. Getty and, Lee. Yeah. yeah. They, I remember that seeing them on MTV as a kid going fishing, like in Canada, you know. He performed, Les Claypool performed at Rush's uh the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction for them, which makes which makes sense, right? I yeah. mean he's you know, Getty Lee's also an amazing bass player. And they did all that stuff at the uh, the South Park concert. Like uh, yes, came out that was played, cool as shit. With them. Yeah, that was cool as shit. And he um, did all that, he did all the stuff on that too with the guys from Ween. Like I'm not uh-huh. a I'm not a big fan of them, but they're also really weird, kind of like Primus. They're very weird. Yeah. yeah, they're a Pennsylvania band. They are, yeah. Like up yeah. near like New Hope. They're a little, yeah, they're a little too much for me, but you know it was a crazy thing before uh we in in timeline wise. Yeah, yep. Dude, when Primus did the Willy Wonka soundtrack. Yes. So they went in like whatever that was, like 2017, they recorded it was called Primus and the Chocolate Fact. Primus and the Chocolate Factory with the Fungi Ensemble, and they did almost the they did the entire soundtrack for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I went. went I I seen them on tour. It was fucking awesome, man! Like the first set, 
they come out, they do too many puppies, they do a mud, they do a bunch of songs. Then they take a, maybe about a 20 minute break. And when they come back from the break, the, the um, curtains go up and it's fucking Candyland. Like he comes out with a big fucking nose on his face, you know, and the, and the music isn't what you think it is. It sounds nothing like the, 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 yeah. the original soundtrack. What do I got? Golden ticket on there? Yeah. Here. Play yeah, it I, was, out. I listened to it this week, man. It's weird. I love it. So awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, the song would uh when Willy Wonka is taking the kids through that tunnel and it gets all yes. like nightmares and shit. That's yeah. a weird yeah, when Primus covered that, it was like that's that's a perfect song for Primus to do. Dude, it was great live. It would they did the whole sequence of like going through like this the tunnel of uh light. Uh dude, it was so cool. He was dressed in like the the Gene Wilder kind of outfit with the big top hat on. But it it was totally something there. I was on mushrooms, <laughs> and it I'm really sure like, you were. <laughs> oh, dude, it was it explained. I can explain a lot better, but you know, if considering that I was on mushrooms, but that's the only way to see that show. It was fucking bizarre, man. I somehow I totally missed that they ever did that. Like you brought, you mentioned it in another episode that they did it, and I was like, wait, what? Like. Oh, I, remember yeah. I, went, I went home and I looked it up and I was like, what the fuck is one of the most, uh, it was the most interesting shows that I've ever been to. It was at the yeah. tower theater. Yeah. And I was like, and I, I would have gone to see that. I just, I don't yeah. know how I, I have no idea how I just missed that part of their career, but shame on shame on me. No, it was cool. I, I had this fucking cool hoodie that it said Primus, but in the Wonka font. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was, I got, I think somebody stole that from me from the, in the bar. Yeah, that I sucks. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sitting here saying that I'm a big fan of theirs, and I'm like, I don't know what fucking song is on Tales from the Punch Bowl, and I I totally missed the Wonka edition. Uh, the Wonka you, thing is really weird if you're just sitting around listening to it. Yeah, yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was made to see live. Absolutely, sure. Yeah, when I was listening to it, I it was a lot of kind of skipping around. Like, all right, I know this song. I know that song. Okay, that's enough. You know, it's just you're right. It's not like just uh something to listen to when you're doing shit in the background. No, I mean, I like it. I mean, right. I, th- I, it's just another weird thing that Primus did. Yeah, dude, I, that might be it for Primus, dude. Like, I mean, there's so many other great songs. I'm just running through the list here to see if there's other Primus songs that we didn't play. Oh, I found a, he did a Spanish version of my name is mud called Mayamo mud. Yeah, mamo. Which I was like, that, this is bizarre. Here's a little bit of it. Me 
It's just weird, man. I was like, I don't know what the hell. I don't know where the hell I found that. That's fucking uh, great. I see on this playlist, um, Primus, they did have a cigar. Yeah, dude, that was the next thing I wanted to talk about. So they came out with that miscellaneous debris. It was like an yeah. EP that came out in the mid 90s. Yeah, I and, recognize the cover. Yeah. And they covered there's uh, there's two songs on here. One was making plans for Nigel, which is an old XTC uh, song. Yeah, okay. And then and then have a have a cigar by Pink Floyd. I'll play a little bit of that. I like that better than the Foo Fighters version. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I remember. Ha- I think I had that EP. Kind yeah, of, it's a bunch really, of covers and some weird yeah. shit on it. Yeah, I remember it. And I get, you know, the probably the other thing, too, that Primus did that was the you know the really big thing. I mentioned it in the opener was the theme for South Park. Which is a cultural iconish. Yeah, thing. right, right. I mean, um, people don't even know who Primus is. And but they know this song. I mean, I was I was trying to explain to my my I, don't know, I was listening to some of their stuff in the car or something. I was trying to explain to my kid what who Primus was. I think I was listening to Jerry was a race car driver. I'm like, oh, it's the guy that does the South Park theme. So, um, you know, some people probably don't even know that he's, you know, that's little cartoon to him in the beginning and all kinds of other stuff. So if you're a fan of the show, you know, it's less Claypool. But yeah, people. I mean, how many people actually know who Les Claypool is, though? Like, people have been watching that show for 20-something years, and they probably yeah. don't even know who it is. I was reading something about, like, how he made that, and he's like, the the two guys that did South Park sent him the, uh, like, the demo. It was, like, the Santa versus okay. Jesus, and they were like, hey, man, we've got, like, 70 bucks. We're big fans of you. This is all we can offer. And he was like, <laughs> Les, Les Claypool just thought it was hilarious. And just did it for he's like, I'm not doing it for your money, man. I just thought it was I thought it was a really cool, creative uh, cartoon I want to be a part of. So, dude, maybe we could get him to do something for us. Right. I was like, shit, man, he he was on Mr. all these podcasts. I was like, we you know reach out. He'd probably uh, maybe he'd come on our show. I mean, our theme song is pretty kick ass. But right. like, you know, a West Claypool original Les Claypool version. Sure. I do have a version of it from the South Park uh the 25th anniversary concert. Here you oh, go. yeah, play it. Yeah. You know, I'll play the uh, the real word. This is another four minutes long. So. I'm going down south. I'm going to have myself a time. Friendly faces everywhere. Humble folks without temptation. Going down south. I'm going to leave my woes behind. If a parking day or night. People starting party never. And on up south. I'm going to see if I can't unwind. Uh, so South Park started in 1997. So Primus is really 
fucking popular by the time this comes out, right? And, so and yeah, and it's amazing they did it like pro bono. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I, I mean that just shows you they appreciate like the art of shit, man. You know, like right. We're gonna these guys don't have any money, but maybe he see that see them like wow they're really on to something and it's they're gonna kick the shit out of it if they get a chance. That's cool, man. I was I'd like that story that that they were just big Primus fans growing up and they just wrote him a letter and he and the and the pilot and he was like, This is fucking hysterical and just agreed to do it. You know. I still haven't seen that concert that that South Park anniversary show. I heard that was I've, awesome. I've seen parts of it. I haven't watched the entire thing, but it was pretty cool. Uh the stuff that I watched. Yeah, it's worth it's worth checking out. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something yeah. else. So I think that's it, dude, for Primus, man. You want to maybe we'll take a commercial dude, did break. Did you ever hear they're 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 calling like we, we Primus what? sucks? Primus sucks. Yeah. I remember I being thought, a little kid and and uh me and Doug would always be like Primus sucks. I always thought uh it's like, oh, we could send a Primus song to the electric chair and be like, Primus sucks. And it was like some people may not get the joke, but no. Yeah. Our listeners might. Our listeners are pretty smart, but smart. I'm smart. I can do it. I'm smart. Yeah, dude. Why don't we take a commercial break and we can come back and we can talk about all these side projects, dude. I've I've got so many. I've got oh yeah. Seven, eight, nine different side projects, including some some shit I had never even heard of before. And uh, you know, dude, I've got a ton of listener feedback. We've got the electric chair. We got some other good stuff. So, all right, we'll be back. Stick around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is also proud to be sponsored by Boldfoot Socks. Boldfoot Socks is a veteran-owned business to make socks for every occasion. Whether you're looking for a pair of socks to wear to the gym as you desperately try to stick to that New Year's resolution, or if you're looking to bring a little quirkiness to your outfits like Les Claypool, Boldfoot has you covered. On top of that, every pair is made in America, and they give 5% of all of their proceeds to veteran charities. Head on over to boldfoot.com as soon as you're done listening to us and check them out. That's boldfoot.com. We're back from the commercial break, man. Thanks so much for sticking with us. So we've got a long list, man, of all these other side projects and some of the stuff they released albums, some of the stuff they didn't. There's some uncovered kind of shit. The it's first wacky, one, man, wacky shit on there. Yeah. And it's like the, the music genres get all over the place, which is what I really I love about this. Um, yeah. The first one that he that the first one that is the side project that I had on the list, I think we should talk about is Oysterhead because it was so different than anything else that yeah. they had done. I had high expectations for this album, but then like all in all, it's just an okay record. And I'm a huge Trey Anastasio fan, Fish. I'm a huge uh Stuart Copeland, you know, he's a great, amazing drummer. The drummer, you know, in theory, in theory, it should have worked out great. But, you know, the Fish fans didn't really get into the whole Oysterhead thing. It was a cool little side project, but it, it, it was just, you know, it just didn't gel. I don't think it gelled. 
several of these side projects less pulls together a band to do like one show like a festival or something and then it winds up becoming a bigger thing like so this is he pulled together these the three guys and as he said it's trey anastasio from fish and Stuart copeland from the police to play the new orleans jazz fest in 2000 and they really enjoy it they like working together they put out an album they start going on tour uh the tour kind of gets put on hold because of 9 11. yeah dude i i i liked it i remember having this cd and listening to it a lot when i was at work and sitting at my desk and shit just because it was so different than anything else that they had that he had done let's hear something off it yeah dude uh here you go you got shadow of a man on here great song billy came back from vietnam just a shadow of a man he was a shadow of a man when he came back from vietnam billy came back from vietnam just a shadow of a man he was a shadow of a man when he came back from vietnam he was spraying that agent orange on the foliage of the land out of 80 gallon cans way back in vietnam I like that really? part when it when it snaps yeah. out of the vocals and it just the sound gets yeah. really big. It's a crazy sounding record, you know. These three monsters on on one record, they just make such a weird noise. Something, but one of the th- things I listened to with him, he was like, "This project was weird for him." He's like, "Because normally, he's like, everything I've ever done, I drive. I'm in charge of my band." He's like, and. Trey Anastasia is like that, and Stuart Copeland are like that. So he's like, you got three guys that are big, like musical swinging dicks in the room. He's like, we had to learn how to like kind of work together. He's like, yeah, and I, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, all right, we're we're three pieces, and we got to learn how to do our thing. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, it worked out. I just don't think it was as good as it sounds in theory, like on paper. Yeah, I remember it was kind of like, oh, this is going to be the shit. And it, and it's kind of weak, like as okay. a whole. As a whole, you know, it has its good moments, but as a complete album, it's kind of weak. Okay, I, ha- I I hadn't listened to it in forever, and I listened to it again doing the research for this. Like the fish fans can care less about it, you know, and they think Trey like walks on water. I do anyway. Yeah, I mean, is there another song? from there on the playlist yeah you got armies on ecstasy is on let's, here let's hear a little bit of that all right I definitely hear what he was saying about like he was trying to uh, sing more like yeah instead of doing the narrating kind of shit he did of Primus I I could definitely hear that I like that song that when it said um, maybe what I thought it should have sound like is something more lines of that you know very jammy you know very it's got yeah like a jazzy kind of sound especially the totally. opening yeah yeah I love He's, that he said he. They, they've talked about getting back together and doing something else, but they just they can't find a time where the three of them aren't. I think doing they something. played. I think they played a uh, 
maybe last not last summer, but the summer before that. They yeah, they've some, done they've done some like one off kind of shit, but they've yeah, talked about like, like doing another album. And they just Yeah, I um, I rather just I, see them if they do a festival. I rather just go see them. I they hear another album by them. I don't know if that will work. Yeah, so that's like just something different. You know, he's doing some jazz kind of shit. But going back, man, and going through some stuff, maybe a little bit more linearly, 94, he put out an album called Sausage. It was Sausage was the name of the primus demo that they recorded, like when they were just getting started. So it's kind of like a throwback to that. And the guys on the band, it's like the original lineup of primus. So it's like the whatever the you know, when they started in like 88. So um, I remember when this came out, I just thought it sounded like a primus album. I was like, I didn't see what the difference was. I never heard of this sausage. Yeah, here's this is a song called Riddles Are Abound Tonight. Like a so song. So it's said it's just the original. Awesome. I guess the as the band changed their lineups, he got back together with the original guys, and we're like, we're just going to make this one-off album. It's kind of cool. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I like that too. I like it a lot. Maybe going out of the the shit linearly. The other album that sounds that he did that sounds a lot like Primus stuff was the Highball with the Devil, the Les Claypool and the Holy Mackerel. Oh God, I love this album. Man, we were we were working together when this came out, man, and we used to play this. Every guy the shit out of it. Every fucking. It was day. so weird. It was like other people, like other people we work with, like, are you guys really going to play this again? We were like, hell yeah, we are. Yeah, I remember, man. The uh, the one song about it raining. I remember you just walking in the store, just going like, rain, 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 rain. <laughs> um, it's interesting that he he plays almost every instrument on this too. He plays the guitar, oh, he well. plays the drums. He you know, so he it was a solo album. He came out with in '96, so it's like you know, yeah. Primus is doing their thing, and he just decides like, fuck it, I'm gonna go do this kind of thing on my own. So it was really cool, man. I I I love this album. I had this big uh, when they were promoting it, and they gave us all the posters for it. I took all that shit home, had it hanging in my room. Oh, dude, that album cover is great with the devil on it. Yeah, the holding stars like, and the devil. Yeah. Like, I think like he drawn. I think it's he like drew that. Drew too. it. Yeah. yeah, I think he drew that. I'm sure he did. Yeah, yeah, dude, you got highball with the devil on here. Play it. There's so many. There's like a jazz song on there. Oh, there's so many different kinds of shit going on in that album. Yeah. Oh, he's also there's that song "Delicate Tendrils," which Henry Rollins does the spoken word over. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's play. I, I threw that on the playlist today. I was listening to this when I was driving around today. Let's play a little bit of that since we both cool. 
fucking Henry so much. I'll skip. I know we all love Henry. You hated them because they looked weak and slightly scared. You circled the water hole and thought about closing in. Now you have it. You feel weak in your power to keep it. You feel desperate to make them see, but you won't let them take it away because it's yours. You never had to justify yourself in your possessions before. I earned this. I worked hard for what I've got. I paid my dues. I deserve this. You say these things to yourself as the animals circle and wait. Shake your fists at the hyenas. Chase them away from your water hole. Just I love it, man. He's so I, cool. I remember this. I remember reading something like, when this album came out that Henry Rollins heard that Les Claypool was doing this and he just mailed him this spoken word thing like, hey, man, maybe you can use this for something. And just getting Les Claypool was like, OK, I'll try to put some music to this. You know, just <laughs> really, really cool, man. I, I saw him on this tour, too, and it was awesome. I, it was did great. you see them on the Holy Mackerel tour? I did. Did you really? I did. Where Somebody they, he, they played. Shit, man. Maybe the Tower Theater, some small venue in Philadelphia. Oh, man. I've never seen that. I never got somebody threw a Doc Martin on stage at him and he stopped playing and he picked it up and was like, somebody is missing one half of a very expensive pair of shoes. I will leave this on the stage for you. And then somebody just yelled like, like, Les, you're the shit. And he's like, yes, indeed. I am the shit. Go (laughs) right back into the music. It was so cool. I love that album. I was a really, really big fan of that. Yeah, I was really into it. Yeah, I always really cool. I, I it was like what was it ninety six? Yeah, nineteen ninety six. It came out so weird for ninety six yeah. in the middle of like Hanson and Third Eye Blind and and again it's like like that sausage album came out in ninety four. Uh, the Holy Mackerel came out in ninety six. I have all the dates of all the Primus albums on here too. So it's like uh, Fork Soda's in 93, Tales from the Punch Bowl is 95, the Brown album is 97. So he's putting out something almost every year. Like he's just banging all this stuff out. All right. So that's like, so Sausage and the Holy Mackerel were kind of primus sounding projects. Oysterhead is kind of like this jazz thing. And then he comes out with these other albums, man, that are just really, they're more like jam bands. And the first one was like Colonel Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade. That is a great name, dude. And I'm surprised I said it without fucking it up, but it's like, uh, you know, I could, I had to record the monologue, the opening monologue, like seven times. I kept screwing it up, but I just, <laughs> I just banged that, I just banged that out without messing it up. But, um, yeah, man, another, another one-off project that started as like a, uh, a one-off for a music festival and they're kind of a jam band. They've done a couple live albums. They did a studio album. They covered some stuff from sausage. They covered some stuff from the Holy mackerel album, and they've covered a whole bunch of other, um, other bands too. Okay. Do we have anything? Yeah, man. Uh, we do. We got. He covered "Shine On You Crazy Diamond," right on uh, the the Pink Floyd. So here you go.
That was really I cool. Really, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it's really different, but it's really cool. I, I like that song. I like that Pink Floyd song a lot. But it's, yeah, I, I was digging that, man. What was that on, bro? It's on uh, the, the live album called Live Frogs, set one and two. Okay, I'll, it's I, on our I, playlist. I threw it on the playlist, yeah. Okay, because I'm going to have to listen to that whole... You said it was 15 minutes long. Yeah, it was like 12, 12 and change. So Holy shit, still long. And they, they released a studio album, too, called Purple Onion. And there's a song on there called Whamola that I wanted to play because that was a an example of him playing the instrument of Whamola. So the Whamola is kind of like an electric, um, like a washtub bass. Yeah, you, you it, sent me something today about this. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's one note. And it has a whammy bar at the end of it. And you, he plays it with like a drum, like a like a drumstick. I actually remember him playing this when I saw him with the, the Holy Mackerel band. I was like, what the hell is he? What the it's hell like is a, he doing? It's like an old time, like, yeehaw. Yeah, like, a hill, like a hillbilly. hillbilly right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a hillbilly. Yeah. And I guess he he makes them or he had some company make one for him. Like uh, electrified. Yeah, and it's actually what he's playing on the uh, the South Park song. That's what he's playing instead of his regular bass. But this oh, wow. is like largely a um, this is a song called Whamola. So here's a little bit of it. I thought it was really cool. Cool. really out there but it's just got a really very funky, cool yeah like very a funk, cool, man. like a very funky sound and it's just cool that he's it's got a whammy bar at the top and he's like you know he's bended it and he's banging on it with a with a drum and he's wearing like a monkey mask in the video i sent it's just uh, <laughs> it's cool yeah i i loved it when you when you sent me that it's yeah. totally original and of course the monkey mask is what right yeah. puts it over the top because that's him so i dig his sense of humor so much man it's so quirky because even like some of those things, like he'll be wearing the monkey mask on stage, but then he doesn't address it. He just acts like himself. He just talks yeah. to the audience. Like, what and, mask? What right, mask right. are you talking about? Right. What are you What are you staring at? Then he did another band called Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains. And that is him. Uh, it's all like so uh, Buckethead, the guy that was in Guns N' Roses for a while. Yeah, sure. Bernie Worrell from Parliament Funkadelic. So he's, oh, the, well. he's the Bernie and brain is the guy from Primus. And I saw I saw some interview with Claypool. He said that the Bernie Royal from Parliament was the best musician he's ever played with. I'm sure. Uh, and they thought it was interesting that they he said they'd never rehearsed and they never prepared a set list ahead of time. They just walked out on stage and were like, we're going to play this. And it just kind of like, you know, so different. Um, that, hey, man, you got to be ready for anything when you do something like that. Really, I found something else that was really weird. So if you look at the album cover for it, it's got like a, I don't know, like a thing in it and it has an eyeball in the middle. And there's a band that's been around for like 30 years called The Residents that okay. the guys have never said who they are. They always appear. They're wearing helmets that look like eyeballs and they're wearing um, tuxedos. Oh, and I knew I just, this. I know. I, yeah. I know this. Yeah, I remember that co cover. Yeah. And these guys like and they've they've always speculated that Les Claypool was one of these guys. And they were like, oh, 
he's putting the eyeball on the album cover as a like a a subtle hint like oh i'm actually in this band but he's never said he is and you know i i think it sounds like this band the residence was around way before primus was but i thought that was interesting so but uh here's that they have a song called buckethead here's a little bit of that cool He didn't like to jostle in the light Finding it much soother in the night With his face as pale as pancakes And his posture in rebellion with his hide He was raised to respect father He was loving to his mom Being kind to all the children And the animals he saw In his youth he looked at Jacko With gleaming admiration When walking through the gardens Of his Disneyland vacation Then he took a ballot class It's that's cool. Too, yeah, it's a little too weird for me. It's but. Nightmare Before Christmas ish. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very, it's dramatic, not dramatic, but it, it's. I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Very Danny uh, Elfman. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get the. Um, I don't know, man. I I don't know a whole lot about Buckethead. I just that's not what I expected to hear him hear from. Yeah, him. he definitely has like some kind of effect. Part of his sound is like effects. Yeah, I never liked uh, him. I never gave a shit about him. I, I didn't either. And I always thought he was a dude who was kind of like, all right, you're the shitty replacement for Slash when he was on Guns N' Roses for a little while. I don't think he was anything special at all. Yeah, I just never cared. I was just like, all right, man, yeah. you're some dude wearing a KFC bucket on your head. What do I you know? All right. You're all you're all gimmick. And it was also like, yeah, when he was in Guns N' Roses. All right. Instead of the guy with the top hat, you got the guy with the bucket on his head. Like, what the fuck do I care? But what I don't a bad know. Mistake. Yeah. Axel was um, fucking retarded for fucking decades. Yeah. You know what we I forgot to play with Primus, man, is that they recorded a song with Ozzy. And I totally forgot because it's not on the playlist because it's not on the um it's not on Spotify. There was a couple Ozzy tribute albums or Black Sabbath tribute albums that came out. Yeah. And they had Primus was on it. it. Yeah, they did uh NIB with Ozzy. So oh, I, I fucking remember this. Yes. Yeah, I ha- I have it on I had it on YouTube and I had the YouTube link all the way up to the top of my notes. I forgot to play it here. That's rad. That is rocking. Yeah, there was like couple, there was like two volumes of the Nativity and Black tribute album. For yeah, I remember it was, that. It wasn't on Spotify for some reason. No. Yeah, you can't find that shit on Spotify. They don't put yeah. cool shit like that on there. Only yeah. like you could only find that like on eBay. Right. Like, you know, they, they were great. They were great compilations. Yeah, that's probably why it's not on Spotify. There's probably so many dudes from different record labels and shit like that. They can't figure it out. But yeah, <clears throat> it's shame because yeah. it, it was rad. If I remember like Faith No More was on there. Yes. From the top yeah. of my head, you know, but yep. it, it was it was fucking great, great compilations. Something I 
got rid of when I got rid of all my CDs and now I'm like, I know, oh, God right? damn it. Now. Yeah. I had, I had, I had like 1200 CDs when I moved in with my wife, I got rid of, I sold them all to like a record store near me for like $80 or something. It was something like pathetic. Dude, I just yeah. threw everything the fuck out because I didn't take care of that shit. Yeah, you dude, I, mean? I had every, were I like had it all like stacked up like coasters. No, no, yeah. no, I, I didn't take care of my CDs. Okay, so I've got, hang on, let me sort by album covers here. Uh, Les Claypool did a, he did another album called A Wales and Woe in 2006. And then he went on tour with Les Claypool's Fancy Band. Here's a song called One Better. It's off of that. cool it had a xylophone in it so yeah. a little a little different it was like okay very red hot chili pepperish yeah yeah that's a great point all right i got a couple other things he had a country dude i love this so much so he had a he put out a he has a country project called the duo de twang really where, where he um is with this guy brian kehoe and they just play they, they play country music this was the um i sent you today it was uh the two of them and then Les Claypool's kid was playing a banjo and they were covering. Oh, yeah, this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny they were Cash, covering, right? covering Johnny Cash. But so they put out an album and they made. Here's a country version of Jerry was a race car driver. Mm. Um, they covered Man in the Box by Allison Chains. They, they just they did Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. It's a weird shit, man. But here's Jerry was a race car driver. The, the hillbilly version from the duo de twang. I love it. It's just yeah, it's I really so, like that. It's like real rednecky kind of stuff. It's just cool, man. That he's like, oh fuck it, I'm gonna try something so different. He that's why he's cool, man. He's a real musician. He he he's adventurous. Like I totally admire that. Absolutely. He said he's in a like a jazz band now called Les Claypool's Bastard Jazz. They haven't recorded anything. Great name. Um, and one thing I did find before we get into the the Sean Lennon stuff was he had this band, this side project in like the nineties called Beanpole, and Beanpole. He said it sounds like weird carnival music recorded by mutant hillbillies, <laughs> and Claypool had his own uh, record label for a long time called Prawn Song. Which was like supposed to be a playoff of a uh, uh, shit. What was a uh, swan song? Zeppelin, yeah, sh- Zepp- sure. Zeppelin's record label, and it was that was the low. That was the album he released, like Fizzle Fry and all that other kind of stuff. But and he released all this kind of like weird shit. 
but he was like, I'm going to release this thing called Beanpole. And there was another bit. Ba- there was another label that was like a joint venture with them. And the other label was like, nah, man, this is too weird. We're not doing it. And it was so much that Les Claypool's record label, like went out of business over this, like over the, the argument over putting this out. He said it was like all musicians, but all the musicians had to record under a fake name and they had to play instruments they didn't normally play. So it would sound all fucked up. And when Claypool was telling Sean Lennon about it, Sean Lennon was like, this is great. We're going to put this out on my record label. So it came out recently, but uh, it is really weird. But here's a song called Chicken Boy off of oh. by, Be- by Beanpole. It's really All right. odd. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Real, like so it's so weird that nobody would release it for like 40 30 years really i loved it it was weird man it, here's it reminds ahead. me of something like early fish it's really oh different. really well it you me, know it made me think of uh mr bungle just the the faith no more project or the like pan project like just kind of so Swacky. out there yeah, yeah. just really really weird even like the like the if you look up the album artwork it's like the people are all like sideshow mutants and shit like that. So cool. really weird. So, I love that shit. It was cool in that, that he couldn't even find somebody to release it, that it was so out there with all this other shit that he's released. So um, his vault, his vaults of recordings, probably huge, man. Oh, uh, could you imagine, man, when he, yeah, like if he probably just, has reels and reels and reels and memory computer and fucking so yeah. much shit. Yeah. All right. So last project we're going to talk about is the Claypool Lennon Delirium. And that is a partnership between Les Claypool and Sean Lennon, who is John Lennon and Yoko Ono's son. Dude, we could have done an entire episode on this. Sure. Like the, yeah, much like we did the Johnny Cash and Rick Rubin partnership. This stuff, this is it's some of the fucking amazing. This is some of the fame that my favorite shit that I've uncovered doing the show. I, yeah, it was so fucking good. I was listening to it on 88.5, the World Cafe, when it first came out, and I was blown away by it. I was like, holy shit, this is like on another level. I had listened to it when it had come out as well, and I just forgot about it. And then it came up in the notes, and I've been listening. I probably listened to this more than I listened to the Primus stuff the last two weeks. Um, It's really interesting stuff. Primus went on tour with Sean Lennon's band, Sabretooth Tiger, and they both were kind of like the tour was over and they were both kind of just talking and they're like, well, neither of us have anything to do. We have no projects in the works. We're not doing anything. And uh, Les Claypool was like, hey, man, I want you to just like, let's hang out. Let's get together and drink some wine. Les Claypool owns a winery. He's like, let's drink some wine. And they said they started jamming and they were like. Nobody makes like psychedelic, like old school psychedelic rock and roll albums anymore. So they got That's together. That's exactly they, what it is, man. It's psychedelic. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. 
And there's so many times, man, listening to this stuff, and I'm like, he sounds so much like fucking John Lennon. Oh my like, god, it's ridiculous. I it's was a, it's haunting. I was I was listening to it today. I had it in my office. My wife got home from work and she stopped in and we we're just shooting the shit. And I was like, uh, you know, she's like, Are you doing the show tonight? And I'm like, you know, I don't I don't talk a whole lot about what we're doing. I'm like, dude, check this out. I'm like, doesn't this sound like fucking John Lennon's kid? And she was like, Oh wow, it really does. You know, like kind of kind of pulled her in a little bit too. Normally no, by the uh, normally by the end of the two weeks, she's heard enough of me, you know, playing the same <laughs> thing for two weeks. But she's like, Man, yeah, it really does sound like John Lennon. I wonder if it's really hard for Sean to go out there because he sounds so much like his father. He sounds more like him than Julian did. And I feel shitty. I feel a little dirty just being like, it's John Lennon's kid. And he sounds like John Lennon, right? Like he's his own musician because the stuff he's made is really good. You know, and, but he's, yes, he's, he's, he's ever going to be in thing. Right. He's always going to be in the shadow of his father, no matter what. Right. But to make. I didn't, you know, to make a psychedelic album just makes sense. Yeah, you just listen to it. It's a really different Les Claypool, right? It's not that crazy out there kind of shit. No, it's it's totally melodic in its own way, in a a weird way. Yeah. Play something, dude. Yeah, dude. Here's a this is Blood and Rockets. comic book guy don't blow me up that has such a beatles vibe to it oh my god dude it's very sergeant pepper very psychedelic sergeant pepper error you know i could see i could i don't know i could i could see the story going on in my head crazy fucking song man it's but it's like the less claypool so silly about a lot of shit this is like something serious that he's doing like he's not making some weird fucking, you know, I don't know, Les Claypool thing. He's like doing something serious, right? He's like he's harnessing all of that talent and like focusing it. Yes. And also the bass wasn't the main instrument there either. No. Yeah. The, you um, can totally hear Les's influence on there. You know, the, the hopping of the bass. They did an EP in like 09 and they covered uh Court of the Crimson King and they did like Bars to Spider, some other Astronomy Domine, like the Pink Floyd. And then they've done two other albums, like um the one we just played was the the newest one from 2019. It's um, a great album. It really is, dude. Holy and, shit, it's a great album. It's a shame list- that I don't know, maybe I'm being ignorant, but it's a shame that many people know about it. I I don't think people do. I mean, shit, you're not going to hear that on the radio. No. Yeah. And even uh, I think I sent you a link. It was something, an interview that two of them did together. And they were talking about like, yeah, all right. Second, second album through. We kind of, we know, like we know our 
place. We know how to work together. Yeah, it was just it was really cool to hear them kind of talking to each other. It, yeah, I I'm I'm a total fanboy. I was like the album was really really fucking good. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, one of the best things that I've heard in a long time from anything. Yeah, as much as we talked about like his modern music dead and all that other kind of crap, I was like this was really good. Yeah. Let's play another song off of it, dude. Yeah, got, please do. You got uh, Amethyst Realm. Was we on could do a whole episode too. just on this fucking album. We absolutely could, man. Just the partnership between the two of them and all this other shit here. She called out to the empty Man, it is so good. Have these here had these headset on. Yeah. Hear everything that's going on in there. Holy shit, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like even when Les Claypool was just singing it, like his voice is in the background, right? And everything yeah. he does, he's front and center. The bass is front and center. It's yeah. kicking you in the nuts. This is man, it's just uh he blends in. Right. It's and it's really cool that when a guy that eccentric and that powerful of his music decides to take a step back and go in the background it just it's just really fucking good music man they they complement each other very well man they do their voices work well together the instrumentation works well together it's just uh it's really got that like a pink floyd oh old, sure i, I thought the same thing i wonder if they tour they have you know what dude i was just looking as you were as that was um playing to see if they don't have any dates they have toured before Hmm. But I would, totally, I would totally go to that. Their website said like tour dates and it has listed 2020. So they mm. haven't toured in a long time. But I was like, yeah, dude, that would be like shit, man. You go to like the planetarium and they put that album on <laughs> the uh, the latest. Sure. Show. Yeah. Sure. Really cool. It's so weird, man, because that was like a type of music that I did not like at all when I was growing up. And now I'm like, this is great. No, it, re it reminds me of a lot of Radiohead. Like some of the like maybe off of OK Computer. Yeah, I fucking hate Radiohead too. Oh, uh, it's a shame. Yeah, maybe maybe I never gave him a chance, but I don't know. You should listen to the Benz. That's like all right. A, maybe it's a, it's a guitar album. All right, that's you know maybe some that I've gotten older I would appreciate. I just I don't I can't stand Tom York's voice, but oh wow. that's okay. That's okay. okay. You know, hey, you know, hey. I'm, I'm I'm open to yeah. This is this is shit i never would have liked 20 years ago and now i listen to it i'm like oh my god this is this is the coolest stuff we've uncovered doing the show so this um, is some other level stuff and it's like why don't people know more about it right because you you would never hear that on the radio now no it's too out there maybe you hear it on the world cafe live right like right like xpn the indie yeah. indie station some college rock stations but um yeah other than that and again man if les claypool wasn't famous from prime he wouldn't have the pull to be able to like I'm going to do this psychedelic album with John Sean Lennon's kid R right right so well I hope uh, our listeners give it a chance go to yeah. Spotify and listen to it the yeah, whole I'll, album it's great we'll have to promote the shit out of it it's uh on our social media it was I really really enjoyed discovering that so 
All right, cool, man. I think that might be it for Primus and Les Claypool. I have, dude. I have, I have so many fucking second thoughts. I, uh, Wait a minute, we didn't yeah. talk about one of the uh, funniest things I think Les Claypool did, and um, he did a mockumentary called yes. Electric Apricot. Yes, and it was like a Spinal Tap thing. Yes, and, about a jam band. Yes, go playing a festival. Yes, I I watched about half of it today, and then I, it's, I got yeah, it sucks. But it's, I got sucked into work, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't finish it. But I mean, it's funny if you're a musician, and like I can totally appreciate like the whole Spinal Tap feel to it. Be, you know, but you know, it's something different. He did. Les Claypool made a movie, dude. That movie's been out so long. I rented it at Blockbuster. You said that today. You missed that's that how today. long it's been around. So that was like, uh, was it you rented it like what when we worked together at Blockbuster? No, Video? Oh. It, no, this was maybe about like 2006. Oh, okay, yeah, dude. I it was like, yeah, so it's like a fake, but it was also had like Bobby Weir from the dead were in it. Yeah, like Warren that. Haynes is in it. Yeah, so they're playing if you're like a themselves. Jam band, if you're a Grateful Dead fan, if you're an Omen Brother fan, if you're just a jam band fan, I think you'll appreciate Electric Apricot. I was at a show this weekend for New Year's Eve, and the guy I was hanging out with, he brought it up, and I would didn't even say anything about us doing less Claypool. I was like, holy shit, Electric Apricot. I totally forgot about it, and I start telling him about what we were doing our show about. But he brought it up, and he was... He, you know, it is out there. People do know about it. I was digging it. I was watching. I said I just got sucked into work shit. And yeah. I had to turn it off and concentrate, but I'll, I'll finish it. So he's also written a book, too. So did he? Yeah. So he's kind of, you know, he's doing a little bit of everything. We, I mentioned his son, too. His son was in the, uh, the duo de twang. He showed up a couple of times with banjo and his he said his son made like a documentary about Primus and his son does all kinds of artistic shit. And so it's cool. Oh, wow. So. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Second thoughts. I have so much that we may have to skip music news, but um, the first one I got is we had some, we had two emails from Omar, and I promised in the last episode we would read it. So, hello, Baha'i. It is Omar. I listened to your episode on heavy metal music. I like American rock and roll, but did you know that we have heavy metal music here in India? I have sent links to two songs for you. So he sent me a link for a song called Dana Dan by Bollywood. Here's a little bit of that. Okay, so that's like, I like it. I'm watching it on YouTube, and it's like the couple, one of the guys has got he's very traditional Indian, like a a turban and some other stuff. So it was called Bloody Wood. I'm sorry, it's not Bollywood. Excuse me. And then he sent another one called by a band called Cryptos called Force of Danger, which is another Indian heavy metal band.
So that's like it's a bunch of indie guys, but they're wearing like the leather biker jackets and they're it's like very hair metal looking kind of it shit. It sounds so. it. It sounds yeah. very, very like rat. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. So Omar continues. He said, I read on Facebook that your club, McCusker's Tavern, was called one of the greatest in your city. Blessings to you. The day I come to America and walk in there will be a great day. I hope to meet many people, including Rob Owens, and give greetings to all. And then he also said after our Christmas episode, thank you for saying you will read my email next time. But why was I not invited to your Christmas party? And the Uh, warden was uh, Omar. Omar, Omar, if you could, if we could find a way to get you to record something for us, we would love to have you on. We can. uh, I responded to him. I emailed him back and said, like, dude, there's a way to do that. We can. I don't know. Maybe we can just get him on the phone and record him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know how that would work with the the distance and the you know if there would be charges it's or anything. But that this this guy, you know, he he loves rock and roll. Yeah, it's funny, man. He's sending us all this stuff. It's just really cool. So yeah, uh, he Crazy. said he wants to come to America sometime. He couldn't because of COVID, and then maybe maybe he will. So he can go stay with the uh, the warden. The warden. Yeah, he has plenty of room at his house. He sure does. I he, yeah. All right. I have some other stuff. Ron from Philadelphia. You guys need to do an episode on Dinosaur Jr., please. It's like, okay, throw it on the list. Feedback on the Judas Priest episode. And then we got some feedback on the Christmas episode. So the heavy metal episode. Uh, Steve Bowden sent us an email, said, I'm new to your show and listened to your heavy metal episode. You covered all of the big ones. You talked about Dee Snyder testifying before Congress, but you didn't mention Judas Priest being sued for having subliminal messages in their music that allegedly caused people to kill themselves. I haven't listened to the show on thrash metal yet, but I'm going to start it next since it seems like part two of the heavy metal story. All right. So that's kind of a, that's a fun topic, but, um, uh, 1985, two guys got really drunk and high and they shot themselves in the fucking face with a 12 gauge shotgun. I remember this happening. And shame on us, man. We should have mentioned this when we talked about heavy metal. We only have so much time to to mention shit, man. Right. Uh, one guy died instantly. The other guy blew his goddamn face off, but he lived for like three years. Oh, and, uh, I remember being like Sussy Jesse Raphael. Yeah. The hell it yep. is, and yep. he was all banged up. Yep. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the families wound up suing Judas Priest saying that there were subliminal messages the hidden in the here. music. And after that like, was a long, so ridiculous. Remember that? Like all the satanic yeah. panic of everything. Uh, uh. And after a six week trial, a judge uh, dismissed the case. So, all right. Remember, they all went to court and Rob Halford, like, sat on the stand and sang the lyrics to it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then we got some feedback on the Christmas episode. Uh, Hey, prisoners, this is Gary, the one you call, quote unquote, comic book guy. I've written in before about some information you got wrong in the past, but this email is about something else you forgot. I was listening to your Christmas show, and I can't believe you didn't mention the Ramones. They have a song, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight. Didn't you guys put the Ramones as one of your best American rock and roll bands? Ryan, you call yourself a punk rocker. Sorry, guys, but you seem like posers when you drop the ball like that. You can do better. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening, dude. No, I appreciate him being honest. We did fuck up and forget the Ramones, but sorry, dude. I mean, we can't remember everything. I mean, right. Shit. I mean, give us. You know, next next year we'll have a better Christmas story. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll have a play. Who knows? <laughs> with Johnny, with Johnny Ramone, 
uh, yes. Joey Ramone and all those guys. So, and then we got another email from Danny Smith. So he wrote us in about our history of metal episode as well. He said, uh, metal is American. Well, let's back this out. Metal is a version of rock and roll, which is a version of the blues, which is American, but it's very much have African-American influences. It seems less Zeppelin and more pioneer of hard rock with a bluesy influence. Black Sabbath did not consider themselves metal. They're a hard rock band, and it seems metal has a superficial influence, especially in the 70s, 80s glam era. However, a lot of that was very much the me, me era, which is where greed was all that matters. I read two of Nikki Six's books, and if you listen to him, he's a junkie and a thief and a womanizer. This is a hero. I can listen to the Red Hot Chili Pepper story. They came into the into the quote unquote punk and metal era invented their own sound. Metal was more than music. It was about style. Good bands you can just listen to in whatever era the music is. It has universal appeal. Zeppelin and the Stones are that type of music. Can you really have rock and roll without the blues? Nope. And this is why true rock lovers need to explore its roots much more. Yours in Christ Jesus via Our Lady sometimes, Danny. Thanks, so, Danny. Yeah, yeah man. I, I, right, I wrote, you know. Yeah, we went back a couple times, back and forth over email. I wrote him back. He wrote me back. Uh, you know, I I should offer him to send some stickers, man. If you're listening to us, you want to drop some of the email to your address, be happy to send you some stickers. But always down for the conversation, dude. And I appreciate him saying you got to uh, you got to keep exploring those roots of rock and roll, which is you know we're constantly great. Doing that. We're trying to do. We're always trying to do that. I appreciate you listening, Danny. You know, thanks for uh, contacting us. Any kind of feedback, we love. Yeah, dude. I don't. Somebody wants to blow us up. I don't care. You know, some people keeping yeah. us honest, man. Guy, no comic book tell, guy. You know, right, I'm, not, us, I'm not mad about it. Right. I mean, telling us we missed the Ramones. We're like, fuck yeah, dude. We missed the Ramones. Yeah, we, we are posers. Right. Fuckers. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Yeah, dude. We'll skip music news. We've been talking for almost two. Is there anything hours. good in the news? In the news? Um, I, I, the Foo Fighters said they're going to keep going. Oh, they don't know what that. they're doing. Yeah, uh, we talk about that. And. uh Courtney Love said she was originally supposed to be in Fight Club and she got kicked out because uh, Brad Pitt said he wanted to make a movie and play Kurt Cobain and she said no. And then suddenly, uh, hours later, she was fired from Fight Club. But all she the people sucked in that movie. Well, and all the people in Fight Club said she was never given a job in Fight Club. So I don't know what the fuck she was talking she's about. She's all making so. that. She's, she's just getting her name out there. Right. Right. That's all I had, man. It was kind of a, it was a slow news week anyway with the holidays and all those kind of. Yeah, shit, sure. But, yeah. You did have a really good pick for the electric chair this week, though. You messaged me today. And you're like, we got to send this song to the electric chair. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, dude. Just play it. We only have to give it an announcement. <laughs> Ugh. Right, everybody. This song Shack by the sucks. What, like, what do you think about this band? I think they're a great band for for right. a punk rock band. Right, like, like yeah, like what are yeah. they? They're definitely new wave punk rock. Yeah, yeah, new waves are good. All right, they're they're real. I don't know, kind of throwback sounding. Yeah, I mean, they came out in the seventies. Yeah, like rock like lobster, rock lobster. Was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. that was cool. They were just something I don't know exact. Maybe they're from California, but they were doing something totally different than everybody else. Yeah, but this song was just so fucking played out, and it's I don't know. It just 
was everywhere. It's still everywhere. Like you go to the fucking supermarket, it's on overhead. Yeah, I don't need to hear uh, drunk girls going like "rasted" ever again. Is that um, what she, she? I don't even know what the fuck she's saying. I I think that's what she's singing. I don't know. Now I'm googling shit that I should never. Yeah, even tin hear roof, about. All right, tin roof rusted. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. Uh, it's, all right, let's we we don't need to dwell on this, do we? No, let's just fucking pull the switch, sir. Yeah. Oh well, she's also in that. Uh, before we go, she's in that shitty, shiny, happy people REM song. And she also made that song with Iggy Pop, Ugh. Candy. Candy, yeah, candy. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. All right, so they got some stuff. This is just a bad song. All right, let's just fucking yeah. kill get out of here. We sentence you to death. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, man, I come up with all the good ideas for this show. Uh, I mean, I, you you got to hear you got to hear so much bad music at the bar. I can't imagine. Oh, uh, dude, some dudes have been playing like Zach Brown band, and he's like, "What? You don't like country?" I was like, "I like country before they start going to the beach." You know, like fuck, John yeah. Wayne never went to the beach. I uh, yeah, I remember he was storming it. With I remember the, telling with the rifle. I remember. I remember telling you I was going to see them, and you're like, "They fucking suck, dude." They do fucking suck. Just listening to them recently, I was like, "All right, I'm I got nothing better to do to talk to this dude, and I'm going to listen to this song." I'm like, "This shit fucking sucks." It's poser music, man. Like, I can see poser fucking jock dudes going out and fucking wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats to fucking the Zach Brown band. It's the yeah, it's the Jimmy Buffett crowd and the um but like, you said before yeah country music. Fuck? Yeah. Country music and going to the beach. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. There's a couple other uh like fucking uh uh, no, shit, it's a whole cultural thing now. Yeah, yeah. The Cowboys uh, at the beach. Yep. Uh, the fucking uh, not Jason Aldean, the little short guy. He plays. Uh, he's got no shoes. Radio on Sirius. Kenny Chesney. Oh, oh Kenny. Yeah. Kenny Chesney. I mean, he plays like Lincoln Financial Field. He plays like football. Which is, stadiums, God bless right? him. Yeah, he, he but was, it's all that. Know? That. But it's wow, country music that's not country. It's right. like pop music with a twang. Yeah. Talking about drinking margaritas on the fucking beach. Yeah. Country music has definitely gotten really um you you called it Bon Jovi country for a while. It it's is a, Bon Jovi country. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a a downer for Bon Jovi, you know, but oh I think all these country bands, these guys looked at Bon Jovi and was like, Oh, I can kind of like image his image and I can do my fucking rock and roll image but i'm totally lame country fucking music i i listen to more country now than i listen to any other like modern music but um something i was listening to last week they were playing some countdown on sirius they were like uh you know the 20 best country songs of the 90s and i like you know i didn't listen to this shit then and i was listening to it, i'm like man this is completely different than what country music is now it's, it's just unreal uh, you know, like guys like Alan Jackson, it was way more like, you know, pedal steel guitar and it was yeah. way more. It was way more yeehaw than it is now. Yeah, I don't like it at all, man. 
I don't I don't like any of the country music that's going on right now, except for like there's a few things out there that are like outlaw country that's going on. People bring me bring the attention to me down the bar when I talk about it. There are some cool little outlaw country bands out there, but you have to like little punk rock bands. You have to search for them. Yeah, there's like Sirius has got that country outlaw station. That's mm-hmm. um, sometimes they got some they got some cool stuff that like Mojo Nixon's on there all the time hosting Mojo Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. Elvis is everywhere, man. Yes. Elvis is everywhere, man. Yeah, he hosts on there all the time. And he's got sometimes he plays some cool like whatever the hell they call it, like a uh, cow punk, like that kind wow, of like yeah, right country, on. country, country punk music kind of put together. It's kind of cool. But, you know. I don't know. We'll put it on the show list. Maybe we'll we'll get around to it. So I know we talked about doing outlaw country for a while. That's a that's a lot of work. That's a lot. That of, is uh, a lot of work. And that, that's dude, a that's I, a lot of real like cowboy shit that people may not care about. I want to do a, a flat out country episode, like maybe the beginning of country. Like I know we're going back to the eighteen hundreds, right, and everything like that, but. The storytelling of it, of country music, is what I find interesting. Yeah, and I was saying before, man, like, um, I think I threw that out last year. Like, the Grand Old Opry was coming up on, like, its 94th year of, like, every Friday night they broadcast from the Grand Old Opry. And it was like, you know, it's such a, a cultural thing, you know, like, the what that means and all the people that played there. And if you're a member of the Opry and all that other kind of shit, so... Yeah, and they they really call it like a church. It's like the it's the mother church of country music. So yeah, I, there's a, there's a story in there somewhere. I think we got to find an angle beyond like country music. You know, it's like fuck, you're gonna do 200 years of music. We got ideas. We got it's we ain't 2023. Going we got a bunch of ideas. I promise yep. you, we're gonna have some good stuff this year, guys. We got all kinds of stuff. So. All right, man, I think that is a wrap for episode 55 and the debut of season three. Thank you so much for spending the last few hours talking uh, Les Claypool with us. If you want to hear the full versions of all that stuff and all those projects we talked about, if you want to hear all the full versions of all the songs and all those projects we talked about, there's a link to our episode playlist in the show notes. You can also go to the show notes and find links to our Facebook and our Twitter accounts, our website at prisoners of rock and roll.com and our email address at show at prisoners of rock and roll.com. And if you're ever out in Philadelphia, you can stop by McCusker's Tavern and 17 and Chunk streets. So you know, we love getting feedback. Like Ryan said, man, whether uh, we don't care whether you tell us we're great, you want to tell us that we're missing something or you want to throw an idea at us. You know, we've got some shit. We've got a handful of show ideas. We, we got to get cracking. Yeah, man, we got a responsibility here to bring the entertainment to the people. Right. We're here to educate and entertain. So I think that's it, man. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Keep on rocking. Peace out. I'm just a It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.